financial planner, financial advisors, like, right, you, you present the data to the client. Now, obviously, you're always trying to tell them like, hey, this route makes more sense. But like at the end of the day, you still have to make the decision you're most comfortable with. The Whoop kind of does that same thing for us in the fitness world, right? You could wake up with a red recovery, but if you're just like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to crush this workout today, you might just pay for it the next day with another low recovery. It's not to say you can't do it, or you could have that long, you know, you're going out, you know, for whether a long weekend or going out with friends for the night. Like my, like I was going to say, like a, a nice nap trip, trip with your girlfriends or anything like that. Maybe you've done something like that recently. Um, so it, it's not to say it has to change your lifestyle, but you have the data that to make that, that to make that decision if you want to, right? Um, I think that that's the powerful part, right? You have the data. Maybe you don't change a darn thing. Maybe you change a lot of things. Maybe you kind of find that happy middle ground. As professional financial advisors, we strive to build a brand that portrays mastery. The tragedy is that we can easily lose track of what true genius is, the ability to do the common uncommonly well. Finance, just like fitness, is built on simple, functional principles. You pick things up, you put them down, you get stronger, right? Functional finance is about getting back to the basics, diving into those fundamentals, and resisting the urge to chase the noise. Jess Bost is a retirement income certified professional and the vice president of brand partnerships at Alpha Architect. Due to industry regulations, Jess will not discuss any of Alpha Architect's funds on this podcast. All opinions expressed by Jess and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Alpha Architect or its affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For more information, please visit www.alphaarchitect.com. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is Jess Bost. I'm with Alpha Architect. And today I have Chad Chubb with me. I am super excited to have him here. We are going to um, break into my probably my most fun conversation so far. I may not even talk about finance at all. But uh, Chad is actually a, um, a finance guy. He has his own RIA, Wealth Keel. Uh, he works mostly with physicians uh, that are Gen Y, Gen Z, and helping them manage their finances, get those in order, and and invest in ways that are appropriate for their future. But today, we are going to break it down and talk a lot more about a topic that I have seen him interact with our, our FinTwit community a lot about, and that is wearing a whoop band and what that does to help improve your fitness and your lifestyle and your health. So before we launch into that, uh, my favorite questions, one's about your fitness. Uh, you know, we'll start off with what's your favorite movement? So first, Jess, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm very intimidated when you asked me to come on to anything with you and talk about fitness, because as we know that you are the true master of fitness in the fin twit community. So uh, intimidated, but happy to be here. So we're going to get good. some good conversation going. Um, from a movement perspective, you know, I am very boring individual, so I go back to the kettlebell swing. I like to try to get as many body parts in one movement as possible. Uh, and during the pandemic, just essentially leaving the gym world, kettlebells were one thing that I could order and still do at the house relatively easy. Uh, so I always make the joke now that our house in South Philly kind of looks like Terrell Owens' old house where we just have like random workout equipment sitting outside. Um, and we have it out back just in case because it is still a city. Things do get stolen. Um, 
So we have just a nice little kettlebell collection going at this point. Awesome. All right. So least favorite? Deadlift. And not because I don't want to love the deadlift, but due to a Keep talking. odd little <laughs> hockey accident, um, okay. lower back is, I broke two vertebrae, cracked two vertebrae. And ever since then, it was the one exercise, even when I think I was doing the movement correctly, I would still get awkward back pains. So it's the one where I'll still do them every now and just, but I, I just, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever went above 135, probably like the last like 10 years. It's been one of those where I'll do it, but it's just, it's not one that I would look forward to, or do I really kind of build into like any type of training consistently? It's more or less, oh, I haven't done those for a while. Maybe I'll do a few, make sure my back doesn't explode. Well, I'm sorry, first of all, like that sucks. Um, I have, my mom had a similar issue and doesn't deadlift anymore. And I haven't, you know, haven't dis disowned my mom. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue forward deadlifts. You know, how I feel about deadlifts, but truly like that. I mean, it sounds to me if kettlebells are a thing of yours, that deadlifts would also be something that goes along with that. So yeah. I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. Injuries, injuries. Um, not, I didn't really talk about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring up. No, no, it, it literally it was a freak accident. It was a free, it's funny too, because when I met my wife, um, I actually was wearing my turtle shell that protected my back. So I'm like, babe, if you love me now with this turtle shell, wait till I get this turtle shell off. You're really going to love me. Um, so <laughs> she stayed, she stayed, it. she stayed my, my high school sweetheart. She's still, uh, she's still with me, even though that I always say that, uh, she's the crazy one for wanting to be with me, but she loved me with a turtle shell. So I think that gave me a good start. It did. It did. Could only go up from there. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Pre-workout. What do you do to get going? Yeah. So I am an early riser. So pre-workout for me is actually just, I do a little bit of Pellegrino, a little bit of sea salt and a little bit of fresh lemon juice. A little bit of what? Lemon juice. No, no. The first oh, Pellegrino, one. like the Italian, like bottled mineral water. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I oh, buy like oh, yeah. a big box of those like once a month at Costco, usually do like 12 ounces. Um, it's, okay. it's from, it, I didn't make this up. So if you ever heard of uh, Aubrey Marcus, he founded on it, uh, like the supplements, some, some gear as well, kettlebells and stuff like that. But when I listened to his, I think maybe read the book and then the audio book later, but he called it his morning cocktail. And I just started doing that and I've always felt good doing that. So that's, that's the only items that happen before workouts currently training for a longer run. So because I'm coming into it about 10 to 12 hours fasted, sometimes I will take a gel pack now first thing in the morning if I'm about to go for like a longer run. But longer run. Out, without that, in the South, we, just water. Yeah, in the South, we say Pellegrino. So I just like, you know, <laughs> dialect. I was like, what are you? <laughs> You're probably saying it right. I'm probably saying it wrong. No, I'm probably not. <laughs> I'm probably not. But that's cool though. I'll have to try that. I've never, um, never considered sparkling water as a that's cool yeah, it, it won't it. give you any, you're not going to get any like boost from it it's just more or less you're dehydrated coming into it so i don't want to go into a workout like completely dehydrated so it was just yeah. one way to yeah. get some water in there some minerals that are lost throughout the night and, and that's kind of become the new thing over the past few years now i like it all right so um your pr that you're most proud of yeah i guess this comes into being just like an athlete, but an average athlete at best. Um, you know, I, I thought through this, 
I'd have to go back up quite a few years, like maybe like 10 years or more. But like when I was really into, let's see how much weight I can actually move, you know, bench press was up to 225, you know, an actual back squat was at 225. Now I don't even get anywhere near that. At this point, I'm more like, hey, got to be healthy, have to chase kids around. I could say consistent with like 10 reps at 135 of something. That's a victory for me. But I had to think through that one a little bit. And we're going back in time. That was it was a different error of let's see how much we can move around here. But those are probably the highest. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, I um, My favorite podcast is with a, a guy named Ben Bergeron. Mm-hmm. And he talks about his shift from all the you know elite level sports to into this idea of longevity. You know, he's got kids now, he's got a family, he's got a life he loves. How do I do this for as long as I possibly can? And it's not through that idea of reaching for the heaviest weight or the fastest mile or, you know, whatever it's, it's what, what can I consistently do over time? Like that longevity piece, that consistency piece, that, um, sustainability, I think, you know, just what can my body continue to do for the longest amount of time? And it sounds like you've made that switch, which is cool. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. And actually one of the whoop podcasts, they had an individual too. I forget his name, but he was a very smart individual, but he was like always trying to lower his inner age number. And he was always just more almost to the term of like functional fit, fitness and like, you know, just getting back to body weight things and just being a healthy human um, as opposed to trying to set new records. And, you know, when you get weight too heavy, if you're not doing it appropriately, um, yeah. that's where injuries come in and then injuries just kind of slow you down for everything. So yeah, that's been a big shift yeah. over probably like the last few years now, just realizing that I, I don't need to set any more world records here Yeah, or any world records. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> and, I mean, maybe not even personal records. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, hey, you mentioned the you mentioned the word whoop. So we're going to jump right into that. Um, tell us a little bit about the whoop. Tell us a little bit about when you started using it and why maybe why you started using it. And then I am curious, like what, what your inner age is and what you think, how that has affected your, you know, your concept of the program and what it's doing for you. Yeah. And, and the word inner age came from the inside tracker blood test. Cause I've never heard the word. And now that actually, that's a whole side conversation, but that's where the word came okay. from. Um, but before I knew what that word actually meant, and, and I don't think they have that trademarked or anything, but it was just one of those things with a young family um, wanting to have a third child in the near future. You come back to, staying healthy, you know, not just for my kids, but for their kids and their kids. I would say I want to be a really cool, great, great grandparent uh, that can still chase them around. So at that point, it just came back to, you know, how can I be healthy? Um, and not just to fitness, but to to diet, to sleep, to, you know, mindfulness, things that I, you know, five years ago, probably didn't really think too much about. Um, but now with kids, with my oldest about to be four, just kind of changed my whole theory on some of these. I I, I was always healthy. Like we, my wife and I, um, again, she's my high school sweetheart. So like all my memories are with her, but like from an eating perspective, we've always been good with eating. Um, we were probably even early adopters, like the paleo diet many, many years ago. Um, always would go to the gym. It's just as things evolve too with kids, you know, how can we take this to the next level? So, um, yeah. and, and whoop for me, whoop is relatively new. Um, I didn't add whoop until, 
I think it was right around July because it was right before we had a trip to Tampa. Um, and my, my best friend had it for about a year, year and a half. And he's, he's, a, he's a smart guy and he loves data. And he always spoke so highly of it. I don't know why it actually took me that long to get it. Um, I don't know if it was like kind of like a fad. Um, I usually like I never wear jewelry or anything on my wrist either. So for me, I was like, I don't know if I want to have something strapped to me like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing I hear from people a lot. Like I don't, they don't want another, they have a watch already. They don't want something else on their arm. And that's, I hear that too, Jess. And that's the one thing I think actually helped me at least I didn't have like an Apple watch. I didn't have something where I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is like my everything. Like I need to be to read my text. So I kind of came into it with, you know, my, my wrists were truly naked there. So adding something while I wasn't used to it, I didn't have to remove anything because I, that's like the number one question. Like when individuals ask me about whoop, they're like, can my Apple watch do this? I'm like, I don't think so. Or it's probably not tracking that precisely, but you'd probably have to lose that. Or, you know, you're going to have some real ice here going on your wrist, but between your whoop, your Apple watch your jewelry. Um, so whoop is relatively new, but even in, you know, call it three months or so, just a dramatic effect on just one paying attention to more things, but also even just yeah. shifts in my lifestyle already. And that's three months in. So I'm, I'm almost excited, but terrified to see how long, you know, you get in there six months, nine months, a year into it. it good things, but it, it's kind of crazy to see some of these, th- these things changing. Yeah. So you got started with the Whoop. Friend introduced it to you a while back. You got started wearing it about three months ago-ish. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right. So what's been the most, um, what, what, what has been the thing that has, changed the most about your lifestyle since wearing that whoop? Uh, sleep has been the biggest change. So I've always okay. been, I would say I'm, I'm actually a 30 year old and like an 80 year olds, uh, sleeping habit. So I go to bed around like usually nine 30, 10, and then I'd wake up around like four and I've always assumed like, Hey, that's seven hours of sleep. Not bad. But you know, that, that's, that's what they're telling you to do. Not realizing that really you don't sleep for about an hour in there somewhere, right? You're kind of restless. You're moving around. So just from having that over the last three months, one, I've shifted my bedtime up a little bit. And then I'm also, you know, sleeping in now till about try to get to at least five every day. So a full extra hour, hour and a half of sleep has been a huge change. Um, And then on the other side, anyone that. So so that when you added that hour and a half, did you do that toward the beginning? Was that pretty soon? Yeah, after? pretty much right away. Yeah. Yeah. Big impact in your daily life? Yeah, just more energy throughout. Like, right. especially like, you know, we're, we're in, in surge meetings now. Like, traditionally, when I'd get home, like, really decently late on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, I was I was spent. And now I'll get home and I'm like, if my, my oldest took a nap during the day, I'm like, hey, man, you want to go ride your scooter for a little bit? Like, just the overall energy levels are more consistent, which I think also affects your mood. Um, yeah. It just... Sleep cool. is just vital, right? So it, it, it had a really positive effect throughout. Cool. What was the most surprising thing? Yeah. So uh, you will stop drinking alcohol immediately or you will become a professional day drinker. Um, <laughs> professional yeah. day drinker. Your, your okay. college days will come right. back quick. You'll start like just doing like keg stands around noon, knowing that you have enough time to hydrate and still go to bed normal. But alcohol, <laughs> alcohol is the one that it, it you're amazed. I mean, it... Again, referring back to my best friend that kind of got me in, into whoop, you know, he said like, you'll drastically look at alcohol differently. I'm like, okay, sure, AJ. Like, yeah, right. I, I know how to drink with the best of them. I'll be all right, bud. Thanks, So, And then like two nights into it, you're like, oh my God, I'm never drinking alcohol again. Like, what is this thing on my wrist? Like, 
you know, even if you lie to it, it still knew it. How did it know that? I said it didn't drink. How did it know that? You know, like looking, I'm like looking at my Nest Cam. I'm like, are they watching? Are they watching? So. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm waiting on the fourth edition, and but I, I owned the second edition and, and was on it. That, that To me, that was probably the most surprising thing as well. And I would, I would lie to it. If I had just like, you know, a small glass of wine at night, I wouldn't tell it. Um, you know, because you have to answer those questions at the end of the day, you know, what'd you do? And, um, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, how did, I mean, I really not compared to like real drinking. I'm not really drinking tonight. <laughs> so no, it's not, not drinking, no alcohol. And then still it would interrupt my sleep, you know, either take me a longer time to fall asleep or I'd have more disruption throughout or just the quality of my sleep, especially in the beginning few hours mm-hmm. would decrease. And, um, man, it was, it was frustrating. I mean, because I enjoy social, socially drinking. It's not that, you know, I just, I really enjoy being able to go out and have, or especially at night, my neighbor across the street, you know, we'll walk across the street and share a couple of glasses of wine at night. But yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about adding it back for that reason, but I do think it's helpful. I do think it's helpful to see the disruption and it did curb, you know, and help me kind of consolidate toward if I'm going to have a night out with friends, then like, let's, at least for the rest of the week, preserve the quality of the sleep that I need in order to be able to recover. Yeah. So, yeah. I, um, so it also, one thing I noticed was my performance uh, in my recovery for the gym the next day. So it gives you a recovery number when you wake up, right? Yep, you're recovered. Tell me about that. So what do you, you know, when you look, wake up and look at that number, what are you seeing? Yeah, so that's the other thing. It, it's It's amazing how smart it is. Like you don't, you don't really tell it too much, right? It, it just kind of following your day-to-day schedule. And that's the one thing, even talking with other advisors, just saying, you don't have to, it's not meant for fitness. Like, and that's the one thing I think Whoop is still trying to get to that next level is because everyone sees it on professional golfers and marathon runners and all these collegiate athletes, where in reality, they're trying to say it's meant for more of the the average person because it can pick up on your stress, your sleep habits, like, yeah. like, Drinking, like you said, doesn't mean you have to stop drinking or change anything, but at least it makes you aware of it. Um, it's one of those, you just, it's good to know, right? So the recovery score has been one of the coolest things. I mean, literally, it's it's the first thing you look at every morning. Like you depend, like I actually turn on my yeah, sleep timer. So yeah, you turn yeah, off your sleep okay. timer, it processes it, and then you get your number and you're just like, all right, you try not to let it affect your day, but... 57 yeah. let's go <laughs> and, and and that's even been the unique thing too because when i first got it i wasn't training like for anything in particular and i got a lot of green scores i was like oh my gosh this is easy like like I, I could i'm gonna put me on an olympic team like i'm i'm like recovered so easily here not realizing though it's because my workouts were very very easy um so then now i'm actually training for something and i i will get caught in yellow for longer periods of time even though sleeping good and it's the other thing too. Like I drink a, a lot more water now trying to hydrate. So the recovery score, I think that's probably their coolest feature or at least the feature that you look at the most, because again, it's the first thing you see whenever you wake up that day and you then again, don't let it affect your day mentally, but it can maybe affect your day a little bit mentally. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was one of the things I struggled with was looking at it and trying to still be uh, disassociated from it whenever I went into my workout. Um, but you know, one of the things that I've since learned about my workouts is that, or just kind of come around to is that I, 
our bodies are so cool and they do so much for us. Right. And when I first started CrossFit, I, I was in just a really bad, really bad place. Um, you know, mentally stress, all of it. Um, CrossFit was one of the things that I could go to and dig into and kind of go to that dark place and, you know, just get rid of all the, the stress. And then somewhere over the last year or two years, that's transitioned into just an appreciation learning instead of going to dark, going to the cross, going to CrossFit for the dark place, going there to work off all the stress, going there as a way to honor and appreciate what my body can do and what it can lift and what it, you know, how many burpees I can do without stopping or whatever it is. Um, as much as I may at the same time, hate it. If I can switch my mind into a, wow, I'm grateful that my body can do this and I want to honor it and meet it in that place. Uh, I think the whoop is something that, that can help mesh all that together and say, here's where, you know, here, here's a way for me to honor where my body's at today and appreciate that even on, you know, whatever sleep I got or whatever day I had, if I didn't get all my water in. I can still honor what it's able to do today. I think the metrics behind that are interesting instead of taking, it takes it out of this kind of, um, an intangible place and gives you something very tangible to look at. Uh, what, so out of all that, you know, what has been probably, I guess, the most exciting thing about it for you? Like, what has it really helped refine for your lifestyle that you didn't have before you started wearing the whoop? The, the, the sleep was important for me because I think I probably would have kept going down a road where I actually probably would have started continued to sleep less and less because I just... I always, I, one, I enjoy the mornings. I always love waking up early to do my workout, but realizing it's actually putting a strain on my body. I think that was one small thing. Like it's great to have a sleep tracker, but at the same time, I think that altered my entire life going forward, like from a sleep perspective, which then affects your entire life. So that's the one thing that has been the most shocking that I think has like true lifetime effects now on just saying in bed for seven hours means you're actually sleeping for six. And after a huge day of training, you're no longer on an eight hour schedule. Like yesterday I had a, a long training run. It said like, go to bed at six 45. I said it to my wife. I was like, Hey, got to go to bed early tonight. Sorry. Um, and you're just amazed by, it cause you don't think about that stuff. And, and, you know, going back to like the recovery score, you know, it, it's good to know that like, yeah, it, it's, it really stinks. If you wake up, you're like, man, I got to do a long run or have a crazy crossfit workout today. And it's, you know, in the yellow, but it's also good to know that like it's, it sucks to know it, but it's good to know it. And, and that's where I think it just really brings us, you know, full circle on what is our body telling us where maybe we thought we knew it, but we didn't, or maybe we did, maybe we're, maybe you knew it the whole time. At least you now have some data to show like, Hey, this helps you. This helps you. Um, but to the main question there, I think the sleep ha- ha- will be something that, again, changes me really for the better forever. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. At the, And I have a 13-year-old and a 9-year-old, and I can tell you the sleep challenge doesn't get easier. <laughs> um, because they get involved in activities that, you know, carry on into the evening. Like our daughter right now is playing volleyball. Her 
several of her games are older. They're both playing volleyball, but the older one, some of her games are at 8 p.m. Like, we don't get home till 9, 15, 9, 20. Um, you know, there's still all the, like, she's just played volleyball. She's got to have a shower. There's making sure that all the homework got done. There's cleaning up around the house because we were all doing dinner and all the things that trying to get all the homework done before we went to the volleyball game. So it's like, I mean, it just gets more and more challenging to honor that sleep the older they get because you miss out on life. And and that's where I think, you know, the, the whoop can come in to help manage some of that tension um, as you as you navigate some of those questions of, you know, get sleep when you can and you can see how it impacts. And then maybe that's also the night that I'm not coming home and pouring a glass of wine, right? Because then I have my choices. There are some things that I know that affect my sleep. And if I'm not going to get as much of it, how can I, you know, beneficially impact that? Or if I have the chance to work out the next morning at 5 a.m. or choose a 7 a.m., you know, workout, then maybe I, that next morning I choose the 7 a.m. in order to prioritize that sleep. Have you seen those kind of trade-offs happen for you uh, as you've started to wear this and notice yeah. the trends? And it, it, I mean, literally on, on by the time this goes live, but going back to, to just a recent event, there was an important sporting event on, on a Tuesday night. And I was like, this, this is going to go late. Uh, and I was, it's like nine o'clock and I'm like, game's still really close. I got to make a decision here and stayed up for the whole game. Took me to about 1130, but I knew the next day waking up to go for an eight mile run was not going to be healthy. Oddly enough, my recovery score was really good. Um, but still there just wasn't enough time in the day because I prioritized my sleep. Now the rest of the week I made up for it. You know, I did extra run, you know, today I did something a little bit different, so yes, give and take is in there. Again, it's just because you know now, right? You know the data and it's it's extremely helpful and, and just knowing, you know, I can shift this, I'll shift that. But without that, you know, I, I probably would have slept for like my a very short four or five hours, did a quick workout still in the morning, then went in and just don't realize the toll that it could actually be taking. Not even just that day, but it, it kind of lingers, right? You kind of start to build up some sleep debt at that point. Yeah, exactly. Are you able to mitigate some of that sleep debt by just some other, um, can you sleep at, can you sleep during the day? Can you sleep, can, like help, help, help us understand from a sleep standpoint, when you have sleep debt, how do you, how do you catch up on that? Do I you, can do it a little. Yeah. I, so what usually will happen is I'll go to bed earlier on a certain night. Um, if time allows for it, um, on weekends, I usually try to at least get to like five thirty. So if I got to bed a little bit earlier and then slept till five thirty, I could ha- add a whole hour in there. Um, there's a lot of smart people that value naps um, in non-surge meetings. If I know I'm behind, I will try to like we're in a shared office space here, but they have like these really awesome massage chairs, and I will try to go in there and like lay down for like 20, 30 minutes for like a true power nap. In like the last year, I probably got like four of those in. Um, but still, those are days where I'm like, I'm just crushed. And, and even when we had our, our our two-year-old now, but some of those nights where you're like, it's a sleepless night. Like just knowing that if I had a little gap between meetings, I might literally put on some like white noise and lay down for like 30 minutes in my office. But that's very far, far and uh, few in between. But something that again shows up on Whoop, but even just understanding there are a lot of benefits to napping. I just think... I think it's American society. We like, we're like, no, don't you dare take a nap. You work, you work your butt off. 
I know, right? <laughs> you, yeah. you work until the end of time. I know. I was talking to Jeremy um, yesterday, actually. Um, Jeremy Walter talk a little. I mean, kind of touching on that same subject of just understanding what is enough. You know, we we had a good conversation around what is enough, and um, I think this could be a good way of of measuring some of those. You know, what is enough aspects of of health. I'm still I'm still rolling our conversation around, I'm going to have to go in and, and write some of those things down. Cause it was just yeah. a really fun conversation, but this comes up in that idea of, you know, what is enough sleep? What is enough, um, you know, recovery? Um, I don't know. It's interesting to me. All right. So drinking that's been exposed. Let's see. Sleep's been exposed. What about, are there any, um, aspects of your workouts uh, or other parts of life. Yeah. I changed. found out that my workouts throughout the entire pandemic were extremely soft. Um, so <laughs> it was a cool setting. Okay. So in South yeah. Philly, um, because again, you couldn't go to the gym. There's these basketball courts near my house, but they're covered by the literally I-95. So one of the largest highways in the U S but it's, it's covered. So it's a safe place. That I can never use rain as an excuse, but that's where I'd go. And I do some like different sprints. They had a wall that you could do like essentially box jumps on and kettlebells and, like I would average like a seven or eight score on those. And I was like, wow, that's a good workout. And then by being in some of the other groups, whether it's the FinTwit group, whether it's the AGC, like, yeah, the whoop groups, yep, whoop, whoop groups. groups. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm getting crushed here. Like I'm, I'm not as fit as I thought, so I need to do something differently. Um, so that's had a huge effect on it. Um, and even just how I rotate those. Cause now like I still like those workouts, but I'll do those now after a really long run and like, I'll do like a long run Monday, long run Wednesday, long run Friday. And then my cross training, my, my hit workouts there on Tuesday, Thursday. So just learning from that yeah. it's, and that's part of the, the groups are the part that's really exciting inside of, um, inside of whoop. And I don't know if you and Jeremy got to talk to it. Jeremy's also a very good whoop user as well. So he gets at it. Um, I didn't yeah. not. So I'll have yeah. to revisit that conversation with him. I did not realize. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's changed. It's changed my workouts. You know, I, I've, I've kind of noted a few times when I'm training for something like I've never ran a 5k I never ran a 10k, but I thought it was a good idea to sign up for a half marathon. Um, so I have a half marathon about from when yeah. this, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I figured. Time, I could just, actually. it was easier that way. Yeah. Um, and through the pandemic, like I started running more than I ever had. Like I never really enjoyed running. I kind of joke with like my hockey background hockey was a, a very sprinter sport right you kind of sprint glide a little bit sprint again glide a little bit so distance running was never my thing uh, so it's new but i probably i don't know if i would have done that without whoop i don't know if i would have had the motivation to be like hey let's go try to run a 13 miles on a random day in in florida uh, again i just i think the whoop really showed me like hey you need to push harder um, and do something new and try something new. Yeah. And, and here we are. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I, not that I'm worried about, um, but that I'm a little interested to see is, does it, if I give up all these other things that are usually a part of my, what I call fun life, staying up late, you know, to watch games or going out and having drinks with friends or, you know, smashing my face in on a really difficult workout, even though I didn't get any sleep the night before, just because that's what we're doing that day in class. I mean, the, 
the trade-off of that gives me a little bit of angst because some of those things are things that I really enjoy. And if I had to guess, that's probably something that the people who are resisting whoop are, it's part of that resistance. It's that what am I going to have to give up and is it worth the trade-off in my life? So yeah, I, I think there's a part of that in there, but at the same time, I mean, it, it it's almost like financial planning, right? I didn't, I was going to try to go a whole conversation without it. Um, like, <laughs> Why am I doing this? It's becoming like a, a Monday after a long weekend at this point. Um, like, it, it, you know, as financial planner, financial advisors, like, right, you, you present the data to the client. Now, obviously, you're always trying to tell them like, hey, this route makes more sense. But like at the end of the day, you still have to make the decision you're most comfortable with. The Whoop kind of does that same thing for us in the fitness world, right? You could wake up with a red recovery, but if you're just like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to crush this workout today, you might just pay for it the next day with another low recovery. It's not to say you can't do it, or you could have that long, you know, you're going out, you know, for whether a long weekend or going out with friends for the night. Like my, like I was going to say, yeah, like a, a nice nap trip, trip with your girlfriends or anything like that. Maybe you've done something like that recently. Um, so it, it's not to say it has to change your lifestyle, but you have the data that to make that, that to make that decision if you want to, right? Um, I think that that's the powerful part, right? You have the data. Maybe you don't change a darn thing. Maybe you change a lot of things. Maybe you kind of find that happy middle ground. Yeah. Maybe it helps you get back on track after a weekend like that because you can start to measure and adjust based on, you know, is that score improving? Am I getting better in my, into my recovery after that four-day trip of doing nothing but drinking wine and staying that way. <laughs> so no, that's, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I may have led you into that a little bit by my question. So <laughs> I'll take ownership on that part. But I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the, the data is helpful and the understanding of how to get back on track, I think is also a piece that a lot of people are missing with their fitness as they come back from this weekend of drinking and partying and having a great time. And it's like, you know, immediately switching back to their, um, original habits is that now they feel like crap still. Right. But if you have this metric that is, uh, giving you an idea of, even if you feel terrible, cause I, I'm sure you've woken up some days. I remember this. I would wake mm -hmm. up some days and feel terrible and my score would be okay. Or I'd wake up some days feeling great and my score would be like, wait, wait a minute. I feel great. Why is, why is my score, you know, almost in the red or somewhat in the, you know, right in the red. Having this, um, this one like objective measure of what's actually happening inside your body and chemistry and how that's, you know, they've, they've objectified that through their recovery score can help mitigate some of that feeling of, you know, I'm coming back. I'm doing all the right things. And I still feel terrible. Well, yeah. You're probably still going to feel terrible for a couple of days, but you're on your way back. Yeah. Well, so, again, you know, just yeah. kind of the, cool. when they initially built it, it seems like one of their main goals was to try to like find who was overtraining. And I, well, I don't think that's, at least it's certainly not an issue for me, but it has been interesting, like doing more intense training now and I'm getting more yellow scores. So now I can see if you take me back to like college days and, and when we're, we're playing, um, you know, a decent level of sports, like there probably is a lot of overtraining there. And even if we go into like college, then probably not sleeping as much, probably drinking quite a bit, training quite a bit. Like now you kind of see like how they built the data or how they built the data. But now you kind of bring it into like our side of it. And it just, it's just really helpful to see all that data. And, and then again, you make your choices from there. 
but at least you know, because without this little gadget on your wrist, you never really knew. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm excited about getting mine back, yes. joining the uh, FinTwit community. And I'm terrified to have you in there, actually. There. We're going to have to start running a lot longer. <laughs> you have to start training for a marathon. <laughs> I'm coming. So I'm coming. Get ready. After this discussion with Chad Chubb about the Whoop, I am really excited, although truthfully a little nervous, to get my Whoop in and get started back on tracking metrics like sleep, workout intensity, and recovery. To join the FinTwit Whoop community, check out the Whoop group code listed both here in this video and on the show notes. For more questions about Whoop and personal finance, reach out to Chad on Twitter at WealthKeel or on his website at www.wealthkeel.com. Thanks for listening, friends. Now go lift heavy and be kind.